Wednesday, December 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, Mr. Bill Barker. Happy almost end of 2020. Uh, thank you, and to you as well. How's how's the end of 2020 going for you? <laughs> You'll say, tune, say, in, tune in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tune in tomorrow. Um, we're we're actually going to spend a couple of minutes looking back on what an unusual year it's been for the market, uh, and we're also going to look ahead to 2021 because I want to get your thoughts on a couple of predictions that I'm seeing out there in the financial media. But we should start with the news of the day, which is that Britain becomes the first country to approve AstraZeneca's vaccine for COVID-19. Here in the US, the FDA still has to review large-scale trials. But this is is good news uh, for the people in Britain, although you wouldn't know it from the movement of AstraZeneca's stock, because it's basically flat today. Yeah, and flat for the year. Uh, of course, at, at this point, um, the marginal, uh, you know, news on a, a third vaccine isn't what it was for either of the first two. Although at the end of the day, this may be the most uh, important one in terms of uh, vaccinating people uh, because it doesn't have the same cold storage requirements that the uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines have. Uh, it, it can be distributed throughout parts of the world uh, that really aren't going to be able to uh, work with those vaccines. And it's also, because it's AstraZeneca, it's uh, it, more prepared to uh, crank out a whole lot of vaccine uh, in a relatively fast manner as compared to the more uh, elaborate procedures that are needed for these cold storage vaccines. So I think that uh, in terms of world health, it's it's very, very, very important. And don't let the stock price movement either today or uh, for the year when it's also been flat um, mislead you about that. Although, uh, and you're right about that, but it, it is in some ways striking that, you know, if you go back six, eight months, uh, people would be forgiven for thinking like, well, whoever comes up with a vaccine, that they are just going to be printing money off of that. Uh, perhaps. Well, I think AstraZeneca is out there on the fact that they'll be distributing this at least to uh, you know developing nations on a nonprofit basis. So, yeah, I, I think the assumptions of how much money anybody's going to make from this vaccine are probably mostly you know, uninformed and guesses and people thinking that that surely is going to be like a big profit center. I think in Moderna's case in particular, more importantly, it is the technology which is revolutionary and the possibilities for uh, future uh, vaccines and treatments off of the mRNA, which is a bigger chunk of what you would want to um, invest in than than merely uh, this vaccine. Uh, so I mean, I think mRNA, and I don't know enough about the technology to go into it uh, at length, but I think that has great promise for a lot of treatments, and that uh, AstraZeneca and hopefully Johnson Johnson are more of the traditional technologies, but you know they're all part of a completely nutritious breakfast. <laughs> So, you and I were talking about this earlier today. There's still some trading left to be done in 2020, but barring something uh, large in terms of price movements, 
Right now, the S&P 500 is on track to finish up for the year somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 to 15%. We've seen years like that uh, this century, but what makes this particular uh, year of finishing up 14 15% remarkable, in my mind, is the fact that from late February to late March, the S&P 500 fell 34%. And I just like we've seen good years in the market. We've seen bad years in the market. I, I don't ever remember a year like this. Yeah, well, it is going to be a year that if you look at it uh, briefly in a big chart, it's going to look kind of boring. Um, at least on the end of the year metric. I'm, I'm looking at one right now, and uh, it just doesn't stand out. You know, fourteen, fifteen percent. That's a good year for the market. Uh, long term. Uh, average for the market is somewhere around 10 or 11%. That's because there's a lot of inflation in, in previous decades. The sort of real returns, inflation adjusted, is 65 to 7% typically. Now, this year's 14, 15% is not carrying much inflation. So it is a pretty good year uh, on the whole, but not, nothing, nothing remarkable. It really is more the dive it took and the rebound back. And, um, both that and the distribution of where the returns actually are, because a lot of value investors are not seeing anywhere close to these 14 15% returns for their year-to-date uh, portfolios. Yeah, it, it is a pretty uh, bifurcated year in terms of certain stocks being up several hundred percent and others either you know, like AstraZeneca flat, or in the case of uh, you know Jason Moser and I talked about this the other day, the big banks, uh, you know, just down for the year. Yeah, a lot of major industries, oil, of course, uh, down for the year. You've, you've got uh, Exxon Mobil, uh, once the largest company uh, by market cap, uh, down around to 170 billion, which is still big, but there are a lot of uh, companies in that range uh, that are not. Uh, anywhere close to ever having been the, the largest uh, company in the world. So, hotels, real estate, uh, banks, oil, uh, a lot of things. A lot of things down for the year. And then you've got, well, the tech stocks, the, the FANG stocks, uh, the SaaS companies uh, having a, a completely different uh, experience from 2020. Yeah, the law of large numbers is kind of taking a beating this year. When you, when you look at what companies like Microsoft have done in terms of their returns. Microsoft, Apple, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. The law, law of large numbers is uh, going to be taken in and, and re-legislated, re I think, uh, because it's breaking that law, uh, these companies. And I, it feels like the law of large numbers is still a law, but uh, it, it really... Is, is worth re-examining whether that's truly the case anymore or whether these are the companies that benefit from a, a 21st century economy. You mentioned oil uh, a moment ago, and that that's actually one of the predictions that I've, I've started to see uh, for 2021 as, as people, including people here at The Motley Fool, uh, make predictions about the year ahead, because among other things, it's fun to do. But I am curious, I want to get your reaction to, to two predictions I'm seeing. And, and one is that the price of oil is going higher 
that it is absolutely going to have a much better year. There's going to be um, more robust demand for oil. Uh, is is that a prediction you look at and think, yeah, that makes sense to me? Uh, it depends on how much of a tangent you want me to go on that one uh, <laughs> regarding my history of uh, oil predictions. Uh, well, well, I, well, answer the question, then we can go to the tangent. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I, I mean, I, I think it's a cyclical. You can make any prediction you want about where a highly cyclical thing is going to be at a specific point in time. Now, an economist will tell you not to do that, that you can uh, either predict the direction or the level of something, or you can predict the time of something, but you'd never do both. Uh, so, is oil going to be 55 in the second half of uh, 2021? Sure, why not? It might be, might not be. You don't know what war is going to start or uh, not start, hopefully. Uh, you don't know uh, whether the number of people that need to take a vaccine are going to have taken it to the point where herd immunity is a scientific reality rather than you know a punchline. Uh, so it's a prediction which is based on you know a rational set of expectations, uh, but it's a cyclical, and something weird is going to happen in between now and then that probably uh, pushes the oil uh, ten or fifteen dollars. Uh, more one way or the other than what you expect it to be at, at a specific moment in time. And I don't know if this is still the case, but there was a point in time where you were considered something of an expert when it came to the oil industry. Isn't that true? Uh, that's true in my memory, sure. Uh, I, I, I do think so. The only time that I'm ever referred to as an expert in life is when I show up on TV. And, and then they have to like, we've got this guy, and to make sure that you believe that he his words have some value, we'll refer to him as an expert. Uh, but I can remember being on MSNBC once, I believe it was MSNBC, and doing the pre-interview about what we were going to talk about. And they asked, you know, what are your predictions on what the price of oil is going to be later this summer? And I said, I, I can make something up. But uh, I, uh, I think the question is, is kind of worthless. And, and I thought that I had indicated that I should not be asked that question. Uh, and I did not uh, actually convey that in the way that I thought I had, because I was asked. So, and do you think oil could be 25 cents? Do you think gas could be 25 cents uh, more expensive uh, later this summer? And as I recall, my answer was, sure, why not? Gas moves all the time, you know. I I, I don't know how anybody predicts where it's going to be, uh, but uh, to make a, a long story long, I, I ended up later that day uh, walking out of the green room with uh, some notes that an FBI agent had left um, by mistake uh, among my papers, and it was later uh, called uh, to ask if I had somehow mistakenly taken these secret documents, which I had. So that's a story for another day. It is a story for another day, although I'm, is it safe to assume that you returned them promptly to the nice people at the FBI? Uh, yeah, well, I returned them to the studio where I think the, <laughs> the, the, the very, very scared agent, I don't think that actually the papers had any, anything truly interesting in them, but, um, you know, you got to maintain those uh, top secret files in, uh, you know, the right manner. And, and so it's, uh, 
too bad that uh, he left them in a pile of papers that got shuffled around with the papers that I was using to prepare for my time. So, yeah, I think he uh, he was very glad uh, that he recovered them, and probably, if he was uh, intelligent, didn't mention it to anybody higher up the chain. So you alluded to uh, uh, the second prediction that I'm starting to see uh, when you mentioned herd immunity and enough people taking the vaccine here in the United States. And that is uh, a prediction that in the second half of 2021, America is going to open up for real. And because of that, hotel bookings are going to soar and the price of airline tickets are going to soar. I, I think those are rational expectations, uh, and I think that that goes to both the, the predictor's mindset um, of probably what what he or she uh, expects to be doing uh, himself or herself. And and you and I have probably spent some time at home talking with our families about what we might do uh, in the second half of, of 2021 once uh, various people are out of whatever passes for school these days. And, uh, you know, the opportunity that we hope is there. And uh, probably a lot of people are making those bookings right now uh, before prices jump. I've heard uh, expectations that, you know, Christmas, uh, those that, that travel for Christmas and, and stay in uh, nice places uh, that week and the week after are, are booking right now because of a certainty that everybody is going to be competing for those uh, reservations uh, well before this time next year. I really hope they're right. I mean, much more so than the price of oil. I, I hope those predictions are right because it it will mean a return to um, if not complete normalcy, at least uh, a much more normal existence than we've been living in in 2020. Yeah, I, I think uh, most people would take the, can I travel safely uh, even if uh, the, the price of airline tickets is double what it is right now? I think a, a whole lot of people would take that. Uh, and I think uh, I'm one of them. Uh, it's, it's not going to happen anytime before, I think. The, uh, the middle of next year for a, a big family vacation somewhere. Bill Barker, always good talking to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against some of buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.